3: And I look forward to getting on the air.
2: I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to math and magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
4: This is the Side Hustlers Podcast. I'm your host from iHeartRadio, Carla Marie. Now, if you're listening to this as it posts, it is Monday, March 16th. 2020 and we are in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic now if you're listening to this in the future i am hoping everything is cleared up and we're all fine now if you're in this right now I know how tough it is for small businesses. So I am putting together an episode this week. It will post next week of how we can all help small businesses. And we're going to hear from some of your favorite side hustlers. They're going to come on, let us know what they're doing to keep their business alive, what they're hearing from friends in the small business community. So we will have a really great episode next week on how you can help support these businesses while you are sitting at home right now but this week's guest kind of timed out perfectly his name is steven and he is the owner and creator of cutie ties a dog bow tie company but steven has a ton of other side hustles and he does a lot of them from his computer and one of them you can literally start right now as you're sitting on your couch want to make some extra cash right now it's really cool so this is steven's story For a lot of people, you know, why are you waiting? You know what you want to do. This is something you want to do. Get off your butt and do
1: it.
2: I'm a hustler, side-side hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side-side hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side-side hustler. Come on, ask about me. Yo, yo, it's the Side Hustlers podcast with Carla Marie.
4: Today, I am joined by Steven coming to us from Parkland, Florida. I see the palm trees behind you. Are you really trying to rub this in right now? (laughs) I am.
3: I know know you've been to Florida before, so I want you to see everything and get a little jealous. It is.
4: I'm looking out my window here in Seattle, and it is, can you guess? Oh, yep, raining and cloudy. So (laughs) outside right now in sunny Florida, what has your day like been so far today? Because you're currently side hustling, and I know you've got a million ideas, but it's a Monday as we record this. What has Stephen's Day been today?
3: So I woke up at about 5.30 in the morning, I drove into work, and uh, I did my day job in the day, Uh, got off of work about four o'clock race home to do this. Uh, after this, I'm probably going to go back, check emails for work, and then I'll get into the side hustle. So okay,
4: so quite the day. Yeah. Let's talk about your side hustle. So people know why you're on this podcast. It's cutie ties. Cutie ties are bow ties for your pets. Now, it's is it only dogs?
3: Right now, it's only dogs. But uh, our logo has a dog and a cat, as I'm that. sure you've seen. So mm-hmm. uh, the goal is to have bow ties for all pets. We started out with dogs. Uh, hopefully, cats will come later on in the I- year.
4: I hope so because my cats are a little uh, angry right now that they don't have They
3: they <laughs> look like they need some bow ties on. <laughs> they, they do.
4: Okay, why dog bow ties? Like where did your love for dog bow ties come in? So I've always been a
3: huge animal lover and I've always wanted to do something with animals, just never really knew what to do. Mm-hmm. So about about a year ago, I one of the largest chains brought in a line of my favorite clothing to their chain. They weren't selling clothing, but they were selling random items at their store. So I went over there and I saw a pink and blue plaid dog bow tie, immediately bought it. I put it on my, I've never owned a bow tie for my dog. I put it on her and she looked so cute in it. And <laughs> I, I said, she for the rest of her life, she's gonna wear dog bow ties. So fast forward two weeks later, I go, I take her out and she comes running back inside. And I noticed that the bow tie was already looking a little dilapidated on the okay. sides. And uh, I realized that the bow tie just wasn't made of great quality. So I hopped online and said, I'm going to order another bow tie. I ordered it and it was the exact same quality. Wow. So I, I said to myself, I wonder what else is out there. So I literally ordered about 20 different bow ties oh and wanted to see. Yeah, so I wanted to see what the quality was like. And I could not find a bow tie made of high quality fabric that I liked for my dog. So I said, I need to do this. So uh, that's really why I got into it. I I did some research online, looked at what the market was like, saw there was definitely a market for it, and I dove right in.
4: So are cutie ties like human-grade quality bow ties?
3: I would say they are. Um,
4: (laughs) I I like to think
3: that we have the highest quality bow tie out there, but the biggest thing about our bow ties, I think, is that no matter what color your dog is, no matter what your dog likes, we have so many different designs that will fit will fit well it'll really fit any dog's personality so that's what I really think sets us apart from others out there
4: so now you yourself Stephen you're not the one designing and using Photoshop and Illustrator to come up with these ideas so you have the idea for the business model how does the rest happen
3: what I did was I, if you or your listeners aren't familiar, there's a website called Upwork.com. Upwork is a great website that you can go. It's it's basically like a Fiverr.com. Oh but, yes. But to find, in my opinion, more, pro- I don't want to say people on Fiverr aren't professional, but people out there that are really doing this full time and just looking for some side work. So instead of paying five dollars for a design, you may be paying. Fifty dollars an hour for someone. So basically, what Upwork allows you to do is you're hiring freelancers. So okay. I posted an ad. I said I'm looking for people that are love pets and I need dog bow ties. Um, I got a bunch of resumes. I interviewed a few people and I found someone that I felt fit our business the best.
4: So you've worked with the same designer from when you launched, correct? And you officially launched November 2019. So from when we're recording this, that's what not even six months ago, correct? Oh my god, I didn't even realize how close that was. Okay, so you picked this designer now, you it's a guy or a girl? It's a girl. So she is doing Photoshop design or like is she physically working with bow ties?
3: She is physic- so she is physically drawing things out. So okay. we started off with a vision board. Um, I learned how to download Pinterest and learned what Pinterest was all about. Mm, so we, we created a <laughs> – yeah it's a,
4: to the basic white girl world.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's a great site. So we made a vision board on Pinterest of things that I like. She put things that she likes. And we basically came up with ideas that we think would look cute on dogs.
4: Have you guys ever met? Because Upward obviously is online.
3: Yeah, no, we haven't. I think she lives in New York. But yeah, we, we've talked, but we haven't actually met.
4: It is wild to me how you have launched this business model with, and I am not discrediting you at all when I say this, but <laughs> I don't even know how to, I don't want to say you don't do anything because you clearly do. You run the entire <laughs> business, but you just had such a great idea and you knew your strengths and you knew, well, I can't design the, the bow tie. So I'm going to outsource that. And it's such a different way of doing because a lot of the people in this podcast, they are like they need to be in it. They're doing this side hustle because they physically need the creative outlet. You're doing it because you have this great idea and you love hustling and you love coming up with ideas and watching them grow. And if I'm wrong, tell me.
3: No, you're, you're 100% right. You know, the best thing about starting a business in 2020 2020- is is if you if you rewind back to the 90s, and Mm -hmm. I wanted to launch a line of dog bow ties, it was a lot harder to do. I mean, you had to fly over to China, you had to get someone that could speak Chinese, you had to find factories in a phone book. Um, I mean, you had to find people to make your designs. It's so much, I don't want to say it's easy starting a business, but it's a lot easier in today's day to find people that can help you do it. And Right now, I'd love to be doing every single thing, but with my full-time job, I don't necessarily have all the time, so I send off emails when I can, get things done when I can, and I do what I'm best at and have people do what they're best at.
4: And what is your full-time job, exactly? So I work for one of the largest
3: job site construction delivery companies in the United States. So Uh, nothing to do
4: with designing bow ties? No, nothing,
3: nothing at all. So basically what they do is you see all these high rises going up downtown. You see buildings being built, warehouses being built. We have 42 locations across the United States that will drive to your job site. And they go back to the warehouse, they pick up whatever they need, and they bring it to the job site. Uh, we have 42 locations across the United States, and I'm in charge of wow. the pr- promotions that help drive the sales for the company. So I create national promotions for all 42 locations. I create individual promotions for all the different locations, the individual locations. Um Basically, anything I need to do to help with sales.
4: Is is there anything from your day job at all, any skill set that does spill over into owning your own business?
3: So it does. Well, first of all, I guess rewinding three years ago, this was a family business that we had. So my grandfather started a business in 1970. He was selling extension cords out of a van to job sites. And people started asking for other products, and he ended up opening a tool store. So my dad ended up going into the business, my uncle ended up coming into the business. I mean, my aunt, my cousin, my sister. Oh man. Recipe my, so for a disaster. It, it was, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, to, to be honest, uh, it, there were times where it could be a little bit of a disaster, but uh, we we made it work. And cool. uh, we were co- we were coming off one of our biggest years, we got approached by a competitor, which is the company we I work for now, and they offered us a great opportunity. We weren't doing job site delivery though. We were actually actually an e-commerce based business selling power tools online, which is how I got to the cutie ties with the website. So yeah, so I ended up, we ended up selling the business to them. Uh, They acquired us, but I'm able to take, I mean, we're running the business. So I'm able to take all the skills I learned from that, but also running a website, coming up with promotions. So all of that, even though it's a different product, it all plays into what I'm doing today.
4: It's incredible. And it's wild that your day job is really nothing like your side hustle, but you're able to take skills from there. And it's clearly, it's obvious that the hustle runs in the family. Like it's clearly in your blood. And I know that you've been side hustling or doing some sort of hustle since high school. And I want to talk about that because it's kind of wild. So in high school, what was your first hustle?
3: Okay. So I guess before getting into the, my first hustle, I started hustling because I I got my first job at 16. Okay. I was a ma- I was a manager at a laser tag arena. <laughs> yes. And uh, and to be honest, I although I loved it, I wanted to run my own business. I didn't like having my I didn't like having a boss. Yeah, who does? <laughs> yeah. So uh, after after that, I ended up leaving uh, that place and I said, you know what? I don't want to work for somebody. I want to start my own side mm-hmm. business. So the first thing, I was, I'm was i a huge sports fan. Uh, this might sound very, uh, it might sound like I'm a stalker when I say this, but uh, what my first side hustle was, was I was getting autographs from celebrities and athletes. And what I was doing was waiting outside hotels, waiting in airports, waiting outside of games, but the whole stalker thing, how that comes into play is I would literally look online, memorize faces, because when players are leaving hotels, yeah. they're in their regular clothes, so they don't have their jerseys on. Yeah. So I'd have to know what people look like and then pop up out of a bush and say, oh, Derek Jeter, can you please sign this like baseball? you like TMZ. Yeah, I was literally TMZ for autographs. So it was an awesome business. I was meeting, I mean, there were times where I was able to get eight Eight baseballs signed by this baseball player, six basketballs by this player, and I, there were days at seventeen years old where I was bringing in thousands of dollars in one day. Stop. Um,
4: well, did these players <laughs> think it was weird that you had eight basketballs that you wanted them to sign?
3: So some of them would just laugh and turn away, and they would be in. in they would be a little rude. As I mean, I'm I'm being a little rude, so I wasn't ever offended. But uh, some people some people would refuse to sign, uh, but but some people appreciated the hustle. They said, you know what? I I've seen when we when our bus pulled up at seven in the morning, I saw this kid waiting outside. It's now eight o'clock at night. I'm coming back from dinner, and he's still waiting outside for me. So they and they would sign six things. So. some players were better than others. Unfortunately, this was at the time when the economy kind of took a turn. So what I was seeing was this player's autograph that sells for two hundred dollars now is starting to sell for one fifty, mm. and now a hundred, and now seventy five, and it just it wasn't working anymore. So uh, and this was all that was on the eBay end of my first. This was all on eBay, but I was also linking up with local sports memorabilia stores locally and selling wholesale to them. They knew I was at the events. They saw pictures of me with the athletes and they knew what I was doing was real. They trusted me. So I was selling wholesale to uh, sports memorabilia companies as well.
4: Okay. So then what was the next? Because I know there were more hustles that happened after that.
3: So the next one is pretty crazy. I was buying things on eBay and I was reselling them on eBay. (laughs) I know that sounds that sounds nuts. Were but, you in uh, college at this point? I was in college at this point. Yes. And that's probably why I was a terrible student because I was so I was so into selling <laughs> things and business that I I was I wasn't focusing on school. So when I say I'm buying things on eBay and selling things on eBay, for example, I would type in Michael Jordan autograph, but I would spell Michael Jordan wrong. And you would not believe how many people will list something on eBay and they would spell it wrong to wow. the point where people where people don't find your listing. So if this item normally sells for $500, I might be able to get it for $300 And then I'll list it right and I'll advertise it and I'll sell it for more. So that was my next side hustle. And I was doing that for a long time. You were
4: basically making money (laughs) off people's stupidity or their like just the technicality. That's
3: yeah, that's uh, that's exactly that's exactly what I was doing. Honestly, I could probably still do that today. But that definitely took a lot of time because you had a lot of research to do. I mean, you had to come up with what you were going to type into eBay and then spell spell it wrong and see if it pops up. But I mean, from there, I started selling emoji pillows. I was I was the first person selling emoji pillows no. on Amazon. But the problem was four weeks later, there were 100 people selling emoji pillows on Amazon. Yeah. So uh, really, any time I saw an opportunity, I just said, even if it was only to make 10 bucks here, 20 bucks there, I was just doing it.
4: And wh- And why were you just doing it then? If you knew it was only gonna be 10 bucks, 20 bucks, like what was the reasoning behind it? It was fun. It was a game.
3: It was it was a game. It was it was and it was also that I didn't want to work. You know, I, I from that from that high school job at the laser tag arena to the time I graduated college, I didn't work. This was my this what was my work. Yeah. It was a lot easier in college because you only needed a couple hundred. I mean, you you could live off a hundred bucks. You just buy ramen noodles and drink nat, natty light beer. Uh, there wasn't much you needed, <laughs> but I was just doing what I needed to do to make an income so that I could live my life.
4: You have cutie ties. It is a real business. You're not (laughs) making, stealing, not stealing, but (laughs) buying things from people who are selling it with the wrong word. This is your actual business. You have dog bow ties. You want to come out for cat bow ties. What else is there for you and cutie ties?
3: So we also have bowls. Now, bowls, believe it or not, started before the whole bow ties thing. I was picking up my dog's water bowl. She just has a standard water bowl, and I went to go pick it up. And I couldn't get my fingers underneath it. Hmm. And I kind of dropped it and got splashed in the face with water. And I said, I need a bowl that has holes on the side. So I I went to the store. I didn't see any. I went online. I saw some. But I said, you know what? I'd rather just make them myself.
4: So Unbelievable.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So I went to – on this business, I went to Alibaba. And I found somebody that makes bowls. I told them exactly what I wanted. I wanted just a bowl that had basically finger holes molded in the shape of a finger on the side of bowls. And I got them made. But I'm glad I did this before the bow ties because what I realized was dealing with Alibaba, dealing with people overseas, it's not the easiest no. thing. It's, it takes a ton of time. So by the time I got the product in – And I launched the dog bow ties. I went a whole nother direction. I didn't use Alibaba and I did everything using a sorcerer, which was the best decision I've ever made. But I wouldn't have known that if I didn't do the bowls. Okay.
4: So what does that mean, a sorcerer? Because I'm thinking like wizard when I hear that. And that's not right.
3: Sorcerers basically do everything for you so you can focus on growing your business while they deal with all of the work that's behind that. So, so thankfully a buddy of mine from college, he has a company down in Miami that does exactly that. He has an office in Miami. He also has an office in China. So basically what you do with a sorcerer is you go to them with your idea and they then call their office in China. They say, this is what I need and they, they make it. So we went through a round of prototypes. Uh, So all I did was I told him what I wanted. They then sent a bow tie to me in two weeks. I looked at it, told them what I don't like, the changes I want. They submitted that. They sent me another bow tie. Mm-hmm. And we went through about four or five different bow ties before we finally said, this is exactly what I want. I then sent the designs from the designer over to him. He sent it to the factory. They printed one of each design to see if I liked it, made some changes with colors. And next thing you know, I have thousands of bow ties showing up at my doorstep.
4: So you also sell, you sell the both ties on cutieties.com. They're on Etsy as well?
3: They're on Etsy. I just listed them on eBay. I hope to have them on Amazon this year. And I'm also in what, currently one retail store in South Florida. And I'm on seven various websites on the web right now as well.
4: I don't think I've ever had anyone on the podcast that lists on eBay. Now, obviously, you've got quite the background on eBay. But if you've got yourself on your own website and Etsy, I mean, what is what is the the point, the business idea behind that?
3: The the big thing about that is it is very difficult getting people to come to your website. Mm-hmm. You have to spend a lot of money. And honestly, the first month of doing this, I lost a lot of money I'm because sure. my, co- my cost per acquisition on Google was over three dollars and I'm selling a product for $8.99. Yes. So I had to find other ways to get people to my products. Now, when you're using a site like Amazon, a site like eBay, a site like Etsy, they have millions of shoppers that go there on a daily basis to buy products. So mm-hmm. the the idea is get it on all these third party sites. They then purchase it, it comes to you. They see the bow tie it ha- it says cutie ties.com right. on it and hopefully that next purchase now they come to my website.
4: That's smart. So even if you are losing maybe some money to eBay, it's kind yes. of, it's worth it for you. It's essentially less than what you would be losing to advertise to get that person to your website.
3: Exactly. And I I actually, before I launched this, I ran a study on SurveyMonkey, actually. And I asked a bunch of questions to find out about consumers. And one of the things I asked was, would you pay a dollar more for a product to buy it on Amazon? Would you pay a dollar more to buy it on Etsy? And I I had over 85% of people for all of those questions say, yes, I will pay $1 more. So I will. I will admit to all the listeners. If you go to a third party site, it will be a dollar more. I get charged pretty astronomical fees I'm to sure. list on those sites, but we are still selling them on those sites. And then they find out where they purchased it from. They go back to the website, and they're able to then shop on the website.
4: And I feel like a lot of that is it's it's just so convenient to buy from a place like Amazon. You know, they it is they have all of my information, and I'm and I know when it's going to get here. And and the good and bad thing about Amazon is that they are such a big company that if something goes wrong with my order, I just tell them and I get a new one for free, whether whether Ex- I'm lying or not. And oh, of course. as a consumer, that safety net is great to have as a seller. You know, on your end, and it, maybe it's not always the best, but like you're saying, it's just... Almost a different way or a a backwards way, but still a great way of advertising and getting your product in someone's hand. You're going to lose that money either way.
3: Exactly. Just
4: hopefully they do come back to your website the next time. In your notes to me, you said that you use a print-on-demand dropship model for cutie ties. What does that even mean?
3: So that's actually not for cutie ties. That's oh. actually for another another side hustle. Okay, so then let's get
4: into that. So now I, we've talked about how you've kind of side hustled through high school, through college. You're now side hustling with your day job. There's more. I know that there's more for you. So what is next aside from cutie ties?
3: Okay, so another project I'm working on, I launched it about a month ago is <laughs> I sell, I do print on demand. So basically what that is, there's various sites that you can find online that will allow you to design shirts, tumblers, sweatshirts, really any single pet beds, anything you could think of. And the best part is you don't have to pay any money for inventory. So you go on, you design your products. You're saying you,
4: not the consumer. Correct.
3: Correct. I go on, I design products. I can get people on Fiverr to make designs. I could play around on Photoshop. I can come up with designs. You can just type out words and put it on a shirt. And then I list those on a third-party site like an Etsy. And if someone buys the product the order automatically gets sent from Etsy to the dropshipper. They automatically print the order. They automatically send tracking number to the customer and they deduct the funds for that product from my bank account. But at the same time, the money from Etsy comes into the bank account. So it's really a way for anyone listening to start a business today without any investment. And it has been extremely successful. One of the things I learned way back in the day from uh, my early days of side hustling is there's no product too silly for a consumer.
4: Well, what can people find like what you're talking about right now? Like if I want to go talk about, go buy whatever you're talking about, what is the website or where do I go? So
3: it's going to be hard for me to tell you the website because you can't search for the store name on the third party site. You have to just find one of the products.
4: You are blowing (laughs) my mind right now.
3: Yeah. So I I wish I could advertise it. I can't advertise it because I just don't know how to advertise it, but I'm advertising the listings on Etsy. So, you know, if you type in children's one piece body suits, you might find a bunch of my listings on there, but it's, it's such an awesome way to, if you don't have, if you want to start a side hustle and you don't have the money to start one, or you don't have mm-hmm. the time to start one, if you take 10 hours of your time and just design a bunch of items on their platform, you could start a business tonight if you wanted to, which is really awesome.
4: Well, so a lot of people who are guests on the, oh, really, everyone who's a guest on this podcast, it's because they have a passion. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, but it's like, I have a passion for making cool t-shirts or cupcakes, or I've always like loved doing this. Now, in that case, in that case, we're using the print-on-demand dropship model, what is your passion? Is it just you want to make some extra money to fund other things or are you just like you enjoy that?
3: It's a, li- it's a little bit of two things. The first thing is that I just love business. I mean, business has always been my hobby. Nothing gets me more excited in this world than getting an email notification saying you just sold blank. It's, it's I mean, it's, awesome. it's a thrill for me. Yeah. But the, But the other thing is I link all of, even though I'm not selling bow ties and dog apparel on these sites with the print on demands all of those side businesses i have about five or six stores that are doing this on demand but all of that is under the llc of cutie ties and mm-hmm. i made a uh, i made an agreement with a uh, charity organization to donate a portion of every single sale i do to their charity so magic whether it's bullet, a dog right yep ma- the magic bullet fund i actually when i started the dog bow tie company i said that i want to do something to help dogs. I didn't know what to do though. And I was on Instagram just doing some marketing and I stumbled upon the magic bullet funds Instagram account. So I clicked it. I was just looking at what it was and I saw a picture and it was a guy holding his dog and he introduced his dog. He told us about his dog, what Mm -hmm. his dog likes. Then he told us about the day he found out that his dog had cancer. And then he went into details about how he can't afford the treatment. And I'll be honest, I'm not an emotional guy. I got tears in my eyes. I went and read every single post of theirs. And uh, I was was destroyed inside. And I said, wow, I want to help this company, this organization. So what they do is if you can't afford the cost of treatments, they provide the funds so that your dog or or cat has a fighting chance at beating cancer. So a portion of every sale, whether it be through our clothing or through our bow ties or our bowls, goes to their charity. And then I was just able to – I just linked up with them actually two weeks ago. And I was able to go back and donate for every single sale from the beginning. Uh, So I went back, made that – and it's it, it, I, I said, you know, I, I do this because I love business. But at that moment, I said, it's more than just business. I want to help people. You know, I'm very fortunate to have a really good day job. And if I'm able to help somebody, you know, I, I can't imagine what it would feel like if my best friend, my, mm-hmm. my golden doodle Riley had cancer and I couldn't afford to. Give her the treatment for cancer. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what I would go through. I'd be a, a disaster.
4: Well, you've taken your passion for business as a whole, and you're doing good with it. Like it's really cool. I mean, you've been doing this for how many years now, and you're you're found your niche, and you've been like, okay, look, I can do good with your love of just hustling.
3: Exactly, and it, I'll be honest. It started about the. It was always about the money when I first started, but now it's. I wanna. I wanna be able to help. You know, obviously, I wanna be able to make money as well so I can reinvest and put it towards the next business but then that next business how can I help society you know mm. so it's it's really awesome that I was able to stumble upon this this organization um, and being just being a you know they they say something on their website that just absolutely moved me and it's that any dog or cat that has cancer survival is a miracle Wow but the biggest miracle for us is just being able to give that dog or cat and that family a fighting chance. Mm-hmm. And uh, just being able to donate to them is awesome for me. And uh, I'm glad I'm able to do
4: it. Okay. So you've obviously found I can do good by doing all this extra work that you've been doing. You know, you, it's paid off at this point, all these years of, of hustling, but you still have your day job. You've got cutie You've got all the million other ideas you're going to come up with. I'm sure in the next few months, do you ever want to leave your day job or what is the goal there? Let me
3: first backtrack and say I absolutely love what I do Mm -hmm. and I have a huge passion for it because even though now I work for the company's corporate office, they've acquired uh, our family business. So I'm always going to have a huge passion for that. If I were to ever leave, it it would be because I am just spending so much time on the side businesses that I can't really do it, but I don't see myself ever wanting to leave. I absolutely love my organization. I work with incredible people that have taught me a lot and my role is a big role for the company. Um I can't see myself leaving maybe 30 years from now I say you know what I'm going to retire and just do yeah, side businesses sense. but <laughs> yeah but but for right now I'm cool. very happy doing it. You know there's 24 hours in a day obviously. I work about 10 to 12 hours a day for my regular job. I like mm. to sleep 7 hours and <laughs> All that extra time—four or five, six hours—I can side hustle if I want to. And right now, that's all I really need.
4: So, are your friends at this point like, "Oh, what idea does Steven have now?" <laughs>
3: yeah, it's it's pretty <laughs> funny. Uh, I, I would say I, I have a list of about thirty different businesses, apps, websites that I want to move forward with. And I've accumulated those ideas over the last four or five years. I haven't moved forward on any of them because they're very expensive <laughs> i might i might i might need a hefty 6 to 7 figure investment Ooh. for each individual one they're just very complex ideas so i never moved forward on them and i said i want to start small and i will then not take any money out and reinvest into the current business and then the next business so as cutie ties gets bigger and as the bank account obviously gets mm-hmm. bigger i can then move on to the next idea and then go to the next idea and i'd say at least every single week i say to my wife hey i have another million dollar idea and she and just says is, oh, yeah. oh oh god what now so <laughs> it's uh i i'm constantly coming up with ideas i mean i love it It's like i said i love business so
4: is she fully supportive or is she also there to like keep you grounded a little bit with these crazy ideas she definitely is there to keep me grounded. She is a great support
3: system. Uh, originally, when I was doing that, she kind of thought it was, I mean, as most people thought, if that's a very silly idea, why dog bow ties, but she's grown to love it. You know, when, when we, she helps out on our social media and when we get tagged in a photo of a dog wearing our bow tie, she gets all excited. She's that's a cool. huge dog lover. So uh, yeah, she, she thankfully has been extremely supportive, but she has been there to say, you know what, don't move forward on this next business do this one for a little bit. And uh, I think that's my biggest thing. You know, I, I, I have ADHD, but I also have uh, ADBD, which is a uh, attention deficit Biz- business disorder. <laughs> so uh, I'm constantly thinking of other ideas, wanting to move forward on other ideas. And she's there to say, hold on, don't start that yet. Finish this one. Wait to move to the next. I get one. it.
4: Listen, I, as someone who's creative and comes up with ideas all the time, I get being on both sides of it. Working with uh, my co-host Anthony, he starts rattling off ideas. I'm like, dude, I am still writing down the first <laughs> one you said and trying to figure out how to do that. Slow your <laughs> roll. So, so I get it. I fully get it. But it is fun having a brain that works like that because absolutely, it's wild. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Well, yep. Stephen, thank you for sharing your insight and your your passion, and you're different than any other guest I've had on this podcast. So it's been a a lot of fun to talk to you. So thank you.
3: Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on here. It's been a lot of fun. And uh yeah, thank you.
4: Thank you so much for listening to Side Hustlers. You can go to cutie to support Steven. Thank you so much for being here and like I said Next week, we've got that episode that's going to post, putting it together this week of how you can help small businesses. You can reach out to me, SideHustlersPodcast, at gmail.com. If you have any questions for small business owners, if you are a small business owner, any tips you've heard right now, SideHustlersPodcast at gmail.com. Until next week, keep hustling.
1: It's brand new season two. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to math and magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
4: Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist.